Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, May 1st. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. You can also follow along on YouTube. All you have to do is type in Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar. So Florida took one step closer to allowing Ron DeSantis to run for president while still being governor. The Florida House passed a bill that now heads to his desk, allowing him to run for president without having to resign from his current post. Do you do you think he'll sign it? Okay, so <laughs> l- l- look, we're honest brokers here and we're honest with our audience and even when people uh, do s- that we like do stuff, we still talk about it. This is, uh, I mean, first of all, the law is stupid, was stupid to begin with. I mean, you can run, you, it's America, you should be able to run for whatever public office you desire to run for and if you don't finish your term, then that's between you and the voters. But the fact that they changed this law directly for one guy i mean it's very clear why they changed the law yeah that should get give everybody pause because essentially you've got them treating treating him like a king yeah so the law did say that you couldn't run for a president or vice president unless you resign from your current position and now his majority house has passed this senate too it's going to his desk he's going to sign it so the question would be why was there ever a law to begin with? And maybe this got vetted and asked or whatever, but it wasn't like, hey, for 40 years, we've been trying to change this law. Seems like they wanted the law for a reason. I mean, the law is pretty clear. We don't, the only reason you would have that law is we don't want people who are supposed to be governing on taxpayer time and reason money, getting taxpayer money, campaigning for president. We want you governing. That's not even a bad idea. Casey, I'm not even sure that's a bad... Now that I'm, I've talked myself <laughs> out of where I started this segment, I think that might actually be a really good law because you know me all the time. I hate the office hoppers. Yeah. Maybe that is a great law. Maybe they had it right and now they're getting it wrong. So he's spending all of his time, instead of governing, traveling all over the country on his book tour. Well, they all do it, right? I mean, yeah. uh, the, any of these office holders, Tim, Tim, you know, Scott will be doing and it. And we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, Nikki, uh, not, not Nikki, but Joe Biden will obviously be campaigning for president as much as he's doing any presidenting, which is probably good for the country. I think I just on the air with our tens of thousands of <laughs> listeners talked myself out of the initial position that I had, which is they shouldn't have changed the law because this is a good law. So you didn't need that ring light for your camera after all. You've got a light bulb above your head. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, for those of you who may have seen that the YouTube uh, feed, I, my photo is a little dark sometimes. It's because once again, despite management orders to the contrary, Someone moved the light again. We know who it was. And I'm not even going to get upset about it anymore because I guess here- Because you're growing? If you just defy edicts from management, Mm -hmm. people just say whatever. And I guess that's between management and the people on the weekends and that's their thing. So I'm just going to let it be dark if it's dark. If it's light, it's light. Your brilliance and brightness will shine It's now out of my hands. But the point is, this is this is a great topic because it should be for all these lawmakers. If you're- taking taxpayer money to be an elected official, should you be able to spend 
most of your time in other states Running talking to a, talking to other job. constituents. Trying to get another I job. I think Florida got this wrong. I think they should he should have had to make a choice. DeSantis is expected to announce his presidential campaign sometime this month. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has released an attack ad on him. Ron DeSantis was struggling big time in his primary race for governor of Florida. Polls revealed DeSantis was failing so bad, he was losing by a staggering 17 points. Then DeSantis was saved by the endorsement of President Trump. Trump's support was so powerful. Just two days after the endorsement, DeSantis took a commanding lead and it propelled him to being elected governor. I'd like to thank our president for standing by me when it wasn't necessarily the smart thing to do. You're welcome, Ron. Unfortunately, instead of being grateful, DeSantis is now attacking the very man who saved his career. Isn't it time DeSantis remembers how he got to where he is? Make America great again. Big league. So good. Build the wall. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. Truth is, there's only one person who can make America great again. So clearly. That, that, that's the ad? That's the ad. The ad is I helped a Republican win my home state. Mm-hmm. And now F that guy because he did a really good job and a lot of people want him to run for president. Yes. That's the ad? That's the ad. That's the best Trump could do on DeSantis? He's insecure about it, I think. That is, that ad, that ad is even more pathetic than Florida changing the law for one dude to be able to run for president. That's pathetic. Why That's is his case? Yes. <laughs> Screw this guy because he did a really good job as governor and people want him to run for president? Well, but there has to be more to it. Like, is there a second? Is there a, is there a... No, that's the complete ad. And you heard the whole thing. And in it, it says that DeSantis is attacking Trump. Now, from what I've heard and seen, DeSantis wasn't attacking Trump. No, he hasn't said anything bad about Trump. Right. He said, no, I wouldn't know anything about taking money, for, you know, for a, how to pay a porn star. But he never directly attacked Trump. Which is a factual statement if indeed Ron DeSantis has never paid hush money to a porn star. Right. I wouldn't know anything about hush money payments to porn stars. That's, that's, I'll use the term gross. That is gross. That it is so, it's no different than what we talked about last week with Trump being outraged that he was not consulted before they came up with the debate schedule. Like, you are not in charge here, dude. You are just some guy who used to be president who lost his last election. That's all you are. Everybody's on the same playing field here. Now, do you start with the giant inherent advantages? Yes, but you're not better than anyone else. And the fact that he believes he's entitled to it, the fact that he believes he doesn't have to earn it, the fact that he believes he shouldn't be accountable to anybody else, that should really bother every person considering voting, voting for him because that's how he will govern. Well, and he's saying that he's not going to debate. He doesn't have to. And he also says that he's going to win in 24. I think we're going to win in 24. And I think it'll be the biggest thing ever to happen for our country because we're going to turn it around. and We're going to make America great again. We're going to put America first. I did tremendous trade deals. They've now allowed some of these trade deals to go bad. You know, we're losing over a trillion dollars now on trade. I I renegotiated China, Japan, South Korea, so many, I mean, so many with India. The level, I'd actually look at some of these deals and go, 
who made these seals? The people that made them. It's hard to believe just on that basis that this country would have survived. Okay, so he's also saying that if he wins in 24, problem with Ukraine is over. And how is he going to do that? Well, that's the detail you're not getting. Okay, uh-huh. so you had mentioned Tim Scott. Do you remember the Exploratory Committee? Yes. Where he put out the video, yes. and it was this nice, highly produced video. Absolutely. I'm announcing yes. my Exploratory Committee. Well, yes. apparently they've encountered some good news because he is now set to officially announce his run for president on May 22nd. Oh. So by the end of this month, we could have multiple people running under GOP. Well, your field will basically be set by probably, again, the end of the month, because, by the way, it's going to be May. <laughs> Thank See what you. I did there? I do. I, I do. wanted to get that in. Nice job. It's May the 1st. Yeah. And did you know the election is tomorrow? Yes, I heard that. <laughs> um, you'll have your field set, because if they're going to start the debates in August, everybody other than Trump is going to definitely be participating in those because of all the free publicity that comes with them. And so you've got what is that June, July? I mean, you're you're you got two months to roll. So yeah, you're going to know whether DeSantis is getting in or not. I would think middle of May. Uh, certainly, we think the uh, former underachieving governor of the state of Indiana, also a former underachieving U.S. congressman from the state of Indiana, uh, Mike Pence will will be arrogant enough to think that he has a snowball's chance, and you know what, of winning, and he'll mm-hmm. be in. So you'll probably have six or seven people um, that'll be running legitimate campaigns for president. How does someone like Tim Scott think that he can fundraise and out-fundraise, or at least fundraise enough to have any sort of showing against DeSantis and Trump. I mean, these guys have a war chest full of full of cash ready well, to go. Well, Tim Scott's campaign seems very much like a vice presidential audition. Mm. But to accept the premise of your question, you see, I don't think he's actually running for president to win. I think he's running to be on television and potentially be a vice president. But if I accept your premise... Two things. One, South Carolina is third up on the board. It is the big prize in terms of, yes, Iowa's first and then New Hampshire, but Iowa's a caucus and then New Hampshire is a smaller state and it's not deep Republican. It's the first uber Republican primary state. And if he could win that, then you theoretically live in a world where, okay, now I'm on the same playing field as everyone else. I think Nikki Haley being in there probably hurts him a little bit. However... You could have a moment, right? On that debate stage, you know, there's a moment where you say or you do something and everybody goes, oh my gosh, that guy is right. And let's face it, most people don't know who Tim Scott is, so he can only go up from wherever he's going to start. Yeah. I saw this clip and I just wanted to share it with everybody. It's a uh, likely accidental moment of journalism. This is from ABC News. They offer this report. Democrats not feeling so great about Biden running for re-election. Democrats are divided on whether or not President Biden should be running again. You voted for Biden. I did. He announced this week. What was your reaction? Regret, disappointment, frustration. While it's very early in the race, that disappointment and frustration was expressed again and again by young voters we talked to. 
But according to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, everything's great. Applause, cheering, laughing. We're having a great time. Well, we got to get to a break, but isn't it? Let's hold on. Let's take a break because I'm going to tell you what you heard at the White House Correspondents' Dinner and the fantasy island they live on is exactly like what happened down the street from us at the Indiana General Assembly last week because those two things are basically the same and they're sometimes Casey I don't realize how brilliant I am until <laughs> something just pops in my head right before we have to go to a break. All right, we'll come uh, we'll come back and talk about that. It's 18 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 20 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this morning, the Indianapolis Colts mascot, Blue. It was named the NFL Mascot of the Year. This is the third time that Blue has won the award, which is voted on by fellow mascots. Blue also won the award in 2016 and 2019. Voted on by fellow mascots. Mm-hmm. What an honor. Yeah. Uh, also trending this morning, more accidental acts of journalism. This time it's coming from Chuck Todd from NBC. He talks about Biden's immigration non-policy. Now, as Biden formally runs for a second term, the immigration issue, which he never mentioned this week in his announcement video, continues to be one of his toughest challenges. In 2021, more migrants crossed the southern border than in any year since at least 1960. And in 2022, the record was broken again. Okay, so for this one, it's all about the writing for me. Chuck Todd says as Biden runs for re-election, immigration continues to be one of his toughest challenges. He could have said... It's one of his biggest failures. He could have said it could be his greatest opportunity, but instead he chose toughest challenges. Well, it comes back to what we talked about earlier with the correspondence dinner, and and we'll uh, I'll get to my brilliant point on that in just a second. But mm-hmm. there there are cheerleaders, right? I mean, there there are times. The one time Biden got in really big trouble with the press was Afghanistan, and the reason he got in really big trouble there was because they couldn't hide it. People knew 13 soldiers are coming home dead. They knew billions were lost to the Taliban. They knew people were jumping off of airplanes or or jumping on airplanes as they're moving. You couldn't hide it. And Biden was so callous and disinterested about that that they were like, well, we've done our best. So I guess we're going to have to tell people the truth on this one. But for the most part, they're cheerleaders. And even when they do accidentally report on something, they, as you said, they say it in a way where uh, I guess maybe it's not so bad. It's just a it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. A toughest challenge. Okay, to your point about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So you had made a great point at the end of the last segment, which was how a, we had played the clip of ABC News talking to, to people about Biden's job performance, about how disappointed they were in him. These were Democrats who voted for him first time right. who are questioning whether they're going to do that again. And you made the point that what you were hearing in that clip, again, not Fox News or Breitbart or Newsmax, it's ABC, which is a left network, is markedly different from what you heard at the White House Correspondence Center, the blatant just cheering for the guy. And to me, what the difference there 
is almost identical to the difference of what's going on in this state where the people themselves actually are compared to the politicians. And so what I mean by that is uh, assessments are showing up in people's mailboxes again, and the new ones are just as bad as the first ones. You're talking about this, property This whole bullcrap theory that Jeff Thompson and those Republicans threw out during session of, well, we don't want to make anything permanent because we think this thing will just blow over. Well, it ain't blowing over this year because I got my assessment and I saw a lot of assessments that were a heck of a lot worse than mine that showed up and it ain't blowing over. It's just as bad as it was the last time, maybe even worse. But they're living in this world because in the state house bubble, it's donors, it's lobbyists, it's other political people, it's 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 uh, government people whose jobs depend on you, it's it's the staffers. So you're great, right? It's everyone is telling you how great you are and how wonderful you are. No, oh, you're doing fabulous and blah 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 blah. Wherein the people on the outside are going, we're getting crushed here, mm-hmm. and you don't care at all. And so I think it's the same thing. We're in this world of the left media. Oh, Biden. Green dream, uh, you know, tax the rich. Uh, everybody wears a mask. COVID shots or you're fired. Illegals pouring across the border. Record high gas prices. To them, that's all fine because they are liberal Washington elitists and they can absorb the cost. Mm-hmm. Where the real person is saying, this sucks. So it, it is interesting how different parties... But really, there are no different parties anymore. It's just two, the Republicans and Democrats, there's almost no difference. And it's, so it is interesting, half a country away, an almost identical thing is happening. So it is not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's a politicians versus people thing. And I hope next year, when it comes time for all these House candidates will be up, all 100 of them will be up for re-election, many of the senators will be up for re-election, that every single one of them gets a viable competitor. Yeah. Because people are going to be out for blood politically next year based on how these Republicans have time and again walked away from the citizens of the state of Indiana. If And if good people will run, they will win. It's 1025, 1026 rather. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, our man. So Scott Willis, he's running to be the mayor of Westfield. And of course, we have talked about him at length on this show, how he had this incredibly missed opportunity. Not <laughs> with, his, with his advertising. Yes, and we're very thankful for all the money he spent on our station. Mm-hmm. Casey and I are buying a yacht. That guy has run so many, run <laughs> yeah. so many ads. But he's going to be with us next. We'll ask him about why he didn't go with what you talking about, Willis. And we'll talk about some of the, uh, we'll talk about Grand Park. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the out-of-control growth in Westfield, uh, all the things that many um, suburban communities here in central Indiana are facing. Yeah, and his hope, the direction of his city. That's coming up next with 93 WIBC. WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey. Here, Casey, did you know election day is tomorrow? <laughs> yes, I did know that, Rob. Can you believe it? My goal throughout this show today is to ask you that question as many times as possible. Okay. Uh, and one of the big elections going on in central Indiana is to be the next mayor of Westfield. And joining us now, one of the candidates to be the next mayor of Westfield on the Republican Scott side, Scott Willis. Scott, how are you? Great. How are you guys this morning? Well, okay. Uh, we're doing great. But... Well, apparently I look tired. <laughs> Scott walks in the studio and goes, you doing okay? You look tired, which is what every woman loves hearing, first 
thing in the morning. It was a bold campaign move, Scott. We're very excited. It's okay. I can't vote in Westfield. Yeah. That's so, right. Whatever. You're not a voter. We don't care. Now, Scott, uh, you may have heard, uh, April may have told you, Hammer and I are very disappointed, uh, and we're, we're very thankful for all the money you've given the radio station via ads, <laughs> but we're very disappointed you did not uh, start your ad by saying what you're talking about, Willis. Uh, do you regret, in hindsight, not running your ad starting with what you're talking about, Willis? My phone exploded when you guys started talking about that. And the funny thing is, as we did a bunch of coffee chats um, leading up to election season. I think we did over 80 of them. And we were you know, knocking around some names on what we wanted to call these coffee chats. And what you're talking about, Willis, was one of the things we actually discussed. Missed opportunity. Well, now April has said if you're victorious in the fall, there will potentially be a what you talking about Willis ad that airs here on WIBC. So, uh, so we're excited for that. Well, I'm hoping I don't have an opponent in the fall and I don't have to worry about it, but we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Well, so let's talk about running to be the mayor of Westfield. There's three people running. What is the issue when you, you know, obviously when we talk with people in Indianapolis, hey, you know, it's crime is the, is the primary driver. What is the issue in the city of Westfield that people want to talk about? It's growth. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we want to be, you know, 20 years from now here in Westfield? We've seen a sprawl of residential development. Um, we really lack a commercial tax base in Westfield. I think 90% percent of our revenue comes from residential homes and apartments and uh, that's not sustainable and that's one reason why we're struggling i think to keep up with infrastructure we're behind on public safety you know our taxes are highest in in hamilton county quite frankly among the four cities so we've got to really work on that and i think it really resonates with residents uh they see it firsthand we were talking with one of your opponents and she said uh she has a marketing background mm-hmm. and that will help her with the growth and the businesses and the zoning what about you well my background's very different. I'm the only candidate running with a business background. I've started up a couple of small businesses here in uh, Hamilton County. The other thing that makes me dif- uh, different is I'm the only candidate that has managed people, assets, and budgets similar in size to the city of Westfield. In fact, I'm the only candidate that's managed a budget. Uh, here in Westfield, we have a $90 million budget, and handing the reins over to someone who's never managed uh, one of those is, is kind of a, a huge step, and that's what I've been stressing with with residents is experience matters and and I bring the necessary background from my time in the Marine Corps to running small businesses that allows me to hit the ground running day one. Uh, Scott Willis, our guest, he is running to be the mayor of Westfield Republican side voting, of course, tomorrow or well, I guess it ends tomorrow. How how is that? How have you handled that? Because early voting is a thing, but it's a little different in municipal elections. Have you tried to get people to the polls quickly, or are you just putting on your flyers? Hey, vote May May the second. You know we done both. Um, we realize, especially in Westfield, it's a very Republican city. People want to vote on May 2nd. In fact, I'm voting on May 2nd. Um, but we have, uh, as we've knocked on doors, when people have, have said, hey, you've got my vote, I have encouraged them to show up and vote early and just get it over with, because you just never know. People don't realize how much work goes into Election Day, and there's all sorts of strategies on Election Day because you're convinced it could be a three-vote race. You're trying to find the three votes. For example, Casey, did you know when I ran, uh, the person who I was running against put their uh, sign so far out that I could have my poll worker sit in front of the sign and nobody could see the guy's sign? It's all stra- different strategies, Casey. And, all fair, huh? <laughs> and so, as a result, you can do creative things. What, what is the plan like for for you guys on election day because people don't realize how hard it is to get you know things like like poll workers i mean it's just it's a huge operation even in a city like westfield it is and and you know not only do you have to get your poll workers but there are um 
eight other races going on, and, and those candidates have their uh, support network, and sometimes those intersect. And then, of course, you got poll working the polling stations. Uh, precinct committeemen are out there trying to find workers themselves. So it's a real stretch to get people who want to show up, say, from a 9 to 11 o'clock shift um, to sit at a polling station. I want to talk about what I think is Westfield's biggest assets. As uh, someone who was involved for, with sports for many, many years, I spent a lot of time traveling from South Bend down to Grand Park. However, when I would come down for any tournament, we didn't actually stay in Westfield. We stayed in Carmel or any place else surrounding Westfield. What is your plan for Grand Park? Yeah, so first off, the park is not up for sale. The, you know, the city has been going through a process, and we're down to four bids, and I believe the bids are to either lease the park or manage a portion of the park. I've not seen any of those bids, so I can't comment on what that's going to look like. But we have got to find a way to capture Grand Park revenue, because the park in itself is not making the city any money. It's certainly making Carmel a lot of money, mm. and we've got to find a way. So there are five million visitors that come into Grand Park every year. Four million of those are coming from outside the local area. So they need hotel, they need restaurants, they need mm-hmm. things to do. Mm-hmm. Right now, Westfield ranks fourth in the state of Indiana for capturing Grand Park visitor dollars. Carmel's one, Fisher's two, Kokomo, Indiana mm-hmm. is three, and Westfield is four. So my vision is, let's create a village-type concept with uh, hotels and restaurants and shops and things to do so that when they leave the fields, they have a place close t- uh, to the park that they can gravitate towards and, and spend their evening and spend their dollars. And that's not something we have right now. We desperately need it. Scott Willis is our guest. Uh, he's running to be the mayor of Westfield on the Republican side. Now, Scott, is someone who was in politics, it seemed like a horrific existence. It was a horrific existence, (laughs) and I couldn't wait to get the hell out of politics. And um, you, however, have subjected yourself to this for many years now as a member of the city council. Now you want to be the mayor. Why do you have a death wish? Why do you want to do this to yourself? (laughs) You know, I I see that I've lived in Westville for 20 years, and I've kind of seen the growth happen. And at times, it's been a real head-scratcher for me in terms of, why are we growing this way? What about this? Why do we not have that? I mean, in my little corner of the city, there are four tire shops. Four within a quarter of a mile of each other. I don't think we need that many tire shops in Westfield. Um, So, for me, it was more of, I thought I brought a vision, a background of years of experience, uh, both in corporate America and in in the military, that I just felt like I could get our city to the next level. And, And that's why I'm running. I love to serve. I love to serve my community. And... And I'm just excited about the potential of, of where Westfield can go as a community. You know, one of the things I hope you'll do, Scott, because that guy who's the mayor now is a real jerk. Um, <laughs> C- Cook, is that his name? Is that the guy's name? Yes. Yeah, he Cook. got up at your fall dinner last year and started ripping on libertarians or libertarian thinkers at the uh, the Hamilton County fall dinner last year. So uh, I'm curious, like, kind of how are your politics? If you were to describe yourself, what what do you th- how would you what do you fit in a box? You know, kind of where do you lean? How do you how will you govern? Yeah, I'm. I'm a Republican. I was born and raised Republican. I've, I grew up in a Republican family. I had members of my family that, that ran and, and held office. So I'm certainly a Republican, conservative Republican. But the one thing I love about uh, municipal government is it doesn't have to be political. Certainly, the way I will lead is from a Republican slant, but it's about serving your community. It's about improving roads and economic development. There's so many other things you can do that, that doesn't have to divide your community. And, and so that's why I'm excited about uh, the potential of being mayor of Westfield. 
couple minutes here with Scott Willis left uh, before we let you go. He's running for the mayor of Westfield. By the way, do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook page if people are wowed with your charm and charisma they've heard here today? <laughs> Willis for Westfield for both the website and for Facebook. You know, one of the things people are really concerned about right now, and we're getting nothing from the General Assembly, is property taxes. And obviously, uh, Westfield, I believe you guys have a school referendum that's tied in there as well. What can mayors do? How can mayors lead on this issue of property taxes? Because we're getting nothing from our state officials. Yeah, so Westfield has two referendums. We have a construction and we have an operating referendum. For every business that comes into Westfield, even if you give them an abatement of some sort, um, they still have to pay the referendum. So every new business that comes in, every dollar collected from property tax from a business is paying down the referendum. So, And our schools have shown the willingness as assessed values go up or businesses come in, the rate drops. So my strategy and what I've been telling people from day one is we we can impact your taxes just simply by luring in good quality businesses to our community that that pay into those uh, operating and construction referendums. What is the construction referendum? I think ours is point three two cents, if I'm not mistaken. It's because of all the growth we've had in Westfield. Um, it's for new buildings, expanding existing buildings. We've got a tremendous amount of construction going on in our schools right now. All right, Scott, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck. What are you going to do tomorrow after the votes are cashed? You going to like build a <laughs> fort under your bed? <laughs> Or are you gonna just go, are you just gonna just be seen wandering down thirty two? What uh, what is your plan after the votes have been cast? Well, first off, the cell phone gets turned off tonight at about ten o'clock p.m. and it won't come back on until Thursday. <laughs> and I've got a honey to do list that's been growing for about two years uh, that I'll be working on. So yard work, planting flowers, I've got lots of things to do. All right, and again, if people want to know more about you or your campaign, how can they do that? Willisforwestfield.com or or join us on Facebook, Willis for Westfield. All right, thanks, Scott. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at reading a room. And I, I can tell you're pretty impressed by the show so far. And guess what? It's just getting better because Hammer joins us now in the studio. Phenomenal interview with, uh, oh, what's his name? What you talking about, Willis? Thank you. <laughs> Again, totally missed an opportunity. Yeah. And I know that our friend runs his campaign yeah. and he sounds like a great guy. But think about all you could do with the tagline of what you talking about, Willis. He could be the nation's... About to be the nation's mayor right now. Right. Because here's how the commercial sounds. You have like the voiceover guy, or maybe you even use the clip of uh, Gary Coleman. What you talking about, Willis? I'm talking about safer schools. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about getting CRT out of the classroom and having resource officers in the hallway. (laughs) What am I talking about? I'm talking about making Westfield a better place for your kids to live in. Not only great for today, but a better tomorrow. And supporting the police, not defunding. That's what I'm talking about. It takes different strokes and different (laughs) folks to make Westfield a better place. And that's what we're going to talk about together. And I'm Scott, I'm Scott Willis. <laughs> and I think that's why our show does so well, is we were willing to shame the guy right out of the box. And I made that totally issue. on the fly yeah, right there. Imagine yeah. if you paid me what I could do. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think probably he's going to win, but... Do you want to just barely win, or do you want to walk in winning 80% of the vote mm-hmm. and say, I am now the nation's mayor? I got it. So Mandate. help me God, 
if they lie and there's not uh, what you're talking about, Willis campaign after the primary and for the general, I'll run a negative campaign against them. <laughs> I will run a hit piece. I will put a super pack together. This message brought to you by the What You Talk About Willis Super Pack of Jason Hammer and Rob Kendall. <laughs> he did walk in this morning and said I look tired, which, you know, you don't tell a woman that first Good thing Lord. on a Monday. Is it Joe Biden? Look fat. Here's the deal. Like t- you're reaching out to potential voters maybe one day. I know you don't live there, but you might one day. Well, I, that's what I said. I was like, okay, whatever. I can't vote for it one way or the other. Cross but- Westfield off the places that you might be moving to. <laughs> but I thought, a piece of advice for him, you're about to do an interview on a broadcast yep. that reaches, you know, from Illinois to Ohio. I'm one of the people interviewing you. You might not want to start off hey, on a old negative hag. tone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, cow, you look old today. You look hey, tired. Rob, how's your fake hair doing, All loser? Right. <laughs> like, what time's that fat guy get in here? <laughs> Maybe not the best way to start. <laughs> he redeemed himself, though. He did okay. Uh, he, play, he played along with the what you talking about, Willis. Like The thing is, even if he would have said all that, if he ever were to run against Joe Hogsett for some reason, he'd have my vote oh, still. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're have Abdul on uh, next next hour and look I gotta say whoever wins whether it's Abdul or Shreve and there's another guy Jackson running um look they got they gotta win I don't care who it is you gotta win I don't care if it's a ham sandwich <laughs> the ham sandwich would at least be available during riots when they break out here in this city and look in that mayor's race on the Republican side and then there'll be like nine people that'll be voting but you got I think the choice has got to come down to what do you think has the better opportunity to beat Joe Hogson in the fall is it Jefferson Shreve's infinite money or is it Abdul's personality and and name name ID reputation. I mean, I think that's how you got to make the choice. Who is the better person to take on Joe Hogsett in the fall because that's how you got to vote cuz you got to get rid of this guy. Right. And it's interesting because Sharif has the money to compete, but is the diehard Joe Hogsett Democrat voter on the east side of town and these black communities going to look at the millionaire white guy and go, well, screw you? Yeah. Or are they going to look at Abdul and go, you're kind of the establishment guy. You know, you brag about going to Nikki Blaine's and all your expensive cigars. I don't know. I have no idea. I will tell you, Abdul lost a lot of votes when he posted that photo with Holcomb. <laughs> That was not a yeah. good idea. No, no. <laughs> and so it'll, it'll, it'll. But well, the thing is, that those are like Abdul's buddies. Well, right. And you, and and to Abdul's credit, he'll always be who he is. He's never gonna lie to right. you. He's never gonna whatever. But it's like, uh, maybe we just would have kept that one on the mantle or something. He's you know? not gonna sit here and say, I don't like Holcomb. I don't like the establishment because he is. That's yeah. who he is, and he's truthful. I'll yeah. give him he that. He is truthful, and before he even announced he was running, I asked him if he was gonna go back and scrub his social media, and he said no. Because it's out there. I'll stand by everything that I've ever put out there in the past, so I'm not going to run from it. You saw something yesterday, and you thought it would be a good uh, group uh, participation exercise. So one of my favorite uh, Twitter feeds is Super 70 Sports. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Love the Super 70 Sports account. And they had a picture on there of uh, Buttermaker, the coach of the Bad News Bears, Walter Matthau, Mm -hmm. the original Bad News Bears. And the... Question was, name a great fictional coach. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I started thinking about this. I was going down a rabbit hole. You like to do Mount Rushmore. Yes, we love the Mount Rushmore. This is my, just my personal Mount Rushmore of fictional coaches. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a lot of names that I left off here, but yep. these are mine. Norman Dale, yep. head coach of the Hickory that, Huskers. That, that's your 1A, right? Yes. Lou Brown, 
Cleveland Indians manager in Major League. Won the World Series. Getting that team. Well, he didn't win the World Series that year. Remember, Major League 2, we learned they lost to the White Sox. Made it to the World Series. Took that, no, ALCS. Oh, yes, that's right. But took that group and made them winners. Won the division against the Yankees. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi. Oh, he's on my list, too. Mr. Miyagi of the Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Taking this spoiled, rotten kid from New Jersey to victory is impressive. Now, I will maintain that the real bully in that movie is Ralph Macchio, and Johnny Lawrence is the real Karate Kid, <laughs> but course. we can have that debate at another time. Say that, yes. And lastly, this one was really tough. But I'm going with Patches O'Houlihan of Dodgeball. Interesting. <laughs> to take that group and to beat the big gym ran by Ben Stiller, that's impressive. And he had the strategy. Duck, dodge, dodge, and duck. What was it? But What was it? Globo Gym? Wasn't that the name of the- <laughs> We're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> okay, so I feel, I feel there is one that stood out to me that you left out. And I think a lot of this comes down to really when were you watching TV, when were you going to the movies, and what kind of movies were you going to? Okay. I was a kid in the 90s, and to me, one of the great movies for kids, and it became so popular that they formed a sports team after the movie, is the Mighty Ducks. And so you got to go with Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez. The Flying V. The Flying V, because he did it not once but twice as the coach of the Ducks and then Team USA in the Junior Olympics. That's pretty hard, but I've got some early 90s bias in there. I understand. Casey, where are we at? Okay, no, I'm with you on Mr. Miyagi for different reasons uh, as an 80s kid. And, of course, I did have pictures of Ralph Macchio from Teen Beat Magazine hanging in my locker. So Unpopular take, baby. He was better in My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. So I do like the wax on, wax off. But I I'm bet gonna... you do, Trebek. <laughs> But I'm going to add one. And all I have to say is one line, and you guys know who it is. There's no crying in baseball. Jimmy Dugan. There you go. From Jimmy League of Their Dugan. Own. Yeah. My, my problem with Dugan was... That he was drunk? You have well, a problem no, I encourage, with that? I encourage that. <laughs> he mailed it in at the beginning. Yeah. Like, at least the other coaches, you know, they were trying at the beginning. Jimmy Dugan didn't want to be there. He didn't care until they started getting good. Right, right. So, to me, that's kind of Belichick-like. Everybody talks about how this genius Bill Belichick is. Well, he had Tom Brady for, like, what, yeah. 15 years. And now he, he stinks. He wasn't a genius when he coached the Browns. Yeah, and, and the other thing with Dugan is he's based on a real guy. So, do we even include him in this? Because it was, was it Hank Greenberg? Based on a real guy, though, so it wasn't like the actual name of the real guy. Yeah, no, no, no. It was a, it was, it was a Hank. Green, uh, there was some famous baseball player who was right. the actual coach, and that's who Jimmy Dugan was supposed to be. Honorable mention for me. Now, I've never seen Ted Lasso. I know everybody loves mm-hmm. Ted Lasso. I've never seen one episode, so it didn't make my list. We got to put Shooter on there because yeah. I think really without Shooter, that team doesn't make it to the finals. That's how I've done every council meeting I've ever been to <laughs> that I speak at is I imitate Hoosier from Shooters. Get that bozo with the glasses. Stumbling drunk out there. Hey! <laughs> um, Hayden Fox from the show Coach. Yes! Craig T. Nelson. Yes! Mm-hmm. And last but not least... Chubbs Peterson from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Turning a hockey player into a PGA legend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Chubbs Peterson. Hey, that, that you're totally right on Hayden Fox. That is, to me, one of the five greatest sitcoms of all time. The Luther Van Damme uh, character played by uh, uh, Jerry Van Dyke. 
absolutely outstanding. And Dauber, who probably is best known for being the voice of Patrick on SpongeBob SquarePants, he was the other assistant coach. And the bumbling buffoon athletic director that knows nothing (laughs) about sports. Oh, what a great show. It's coming up this afternoon. Monday, Gunday, Guy Relford will join us. We've got the biggest stories of the day, and we'll have a good time. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Might as well jump.